Super Talk Mississippi media production. What if everyone was turning their head to look at you with a brand new Flowmaster exhaust system from Exhaust Pro in Macomb on Georgia Avenue? Cruise in style with Exhaust Pro of Macomb on Georgia Avenue. What is up on a Friday? I'm Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator as always is Colin Brewster. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this Friday edition of the Rebel Report. A um, lot to get to today. Um, Ole Miss wins 5-4 against Texas A&M and walk-offs. The NFL draft happened last night. There were no Ole Miss players taken, but three Mississippi State players, one of particularly kind of caused some some controversy, I guess you could say, in the national media. Um so a lot to get to today. Busy show. Colin, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It was a late night for sure. Uh, yeah, it was. I got home about 1.30 and then uh, early turnaround this morning. But, you know, it, apparently they were unable to play a doubleheader to, on, on Friday. Instead, they insisted on starting at 8 o'clock last night. And, of course, it goes extra innings. So <laughs> I guess we'll start there. Um, Ole, Ole Miss beats... Um, Ole Miss beat Texas A&M 5-4 in 11 innings, a game that went back and forth. Ole Miss was down 3-0, kind of chipped away, tied it in the eighth. Um, tied it in the eighth, and then it goes into extras. Ole Miss gets down 4-3 in the 11th and scores two in the bottom of the 11th to end the game. So a, a win to Ole Miss definitely, definitely needed. Um, Will Etheridge goes eight innings. Um, Parker Gracie threw 52 pitches in relief. Um, so... Yeah, just overall, just kind of a, a, a it would have been a crushing loss because Crazy was done for the weekend. Um, they got a guy throwing tomorrow in uh, Asa Hill, I believe the kid's name is. Lacey. Asa Lacey. Asa Lacey, excuse me. And the kid, the opponents are hitting 189 off him. He's also left-handed, so probably not boating well for the Rebels, but a win they certainly needed. Yeah, yeah, and it sets yourself up, you know, where uh, you, you should win the series. Um, you know, between L- Lacey's really good, and they're probably throwing Joswick on on Saturday, who's another lefty. But uh, it gives yourself an opportunity to kind of steal one of those two and, and get out of here two and one. It was it was a big win from a mental uh, standpoint. This team is not, frankly, is is not battled back much this year outside of the Long Beach State game on on a Saturday. Um, so it was it was big for them to be able to you know come back from a three zero deficit and come back from a four to three deficit in extra innings when kind of things weren't going their way and kind of show some mental uh, fortitude and kind of get over a hill and, and walk them off and, and get to eleven eight eleven and eight in the SEC. Yeah, well, I think was good. He uh, the defense around him was not. Ole Miss made a couple of errors that contributed to a run in the fourth inning. Um, Thomas Dillard threw a ball trying to get a guy at third on a base hit that was way offline. And then Cole Zabowski uh, mishandled a scoop to first base. It all led to a run. And then a couple singles in the fifth after a leadoff HPP, I think, um, netted two more runs. A&M goes up three to nothing, and you're kind of thinking, all right, this one's probably over. Um, I mean, Ole Miss was so putrid against left-handed pitching. Like, Duxakis was at, like, I think he was at 98 pitches, and there no one in the A&M bullpen had thought about moving. Um, and so it gets to the seventh, and Ole Miss just kind of – they get a run on a one-out base hit from Michael Fitzsimmons. Gendel pitch runs for him, gets to third base. Um, they get run on that. And then Ole Miss really got kind of helped out a great deal with the two runs in the eighth. Yeah. Um, the A&M reliever, Casey – I forget the kid's last name. Kalick. Uh, Kalick's uh, – 
slings one into the tarp, um, trying to field a bunt after Ole Miss got first and second. One run scores there, and then on a sack fly from Kevin Graham, who pitched hint for Knox LaPoster, um, Ole Miss ties it there, and then gets to extras, and, and, and then Ole Miss. So, Crazy was pretty good. The only base runner he allowed the entire time scored. Um, part of that is because, again, Cole Zabowski. So, he gives up a leadoff walk in the 11th. Cole Zabowski gets a hard hit ball to him, doesn't field it cleanly. I get that it was hard hit, but, like, and not only is he not field it cleanly, he just got lucky in as, as anything that the ball ricocheted sure. over to second base and they were able to get one play, but weren't able to get the lead runner. The guy gets to third base eventually after a productive ground ball and then scores on a wild pitch. a and takes the lead 4-3, and it looks like Ole Miss is probably looking at a loss. Yeah, yeah. Um, nobody really expected this team to kind of win the game. I mean, they did have the top of the order up, um, but, you know, it, it was it – was, it was in a dire, dire straits at that point, especially when Gendel gets out to start the inning. Yeah, so Ole Miss, uh, yeah, it starts off with an out, and then what you had? Single, single, walk, single. Yeah, so Olenek base hit, I believe, and then Gray Kessinger got a hit. Yeah, that's the kit. That's the play where Bomb dove up the middle and made that great stop but couldn't get it to Shoemake. Yeah, I'm surprised Bryce Baum didn't get a tribute video. Um, his return home to Ole Miss, I guess, did not go well for the kid. Uh, I kind of noticed that, like, you know how there there'd be like pauses in action and, and players will talk, whatever. Olenek, like one time, was standing on second base. I don't know. I don't know if I should read anything. It is, and him and like Schumach were having this deep conversation, and he would not speak to Bryce Baum. Um. Yeah, I don't really know what to make of that. I mean, it's one of those kid situations where I think an opportunity arose for the kid to transfer closer to home. Because um, I remember he played a little bit in that 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 tournament Ole Miss went to in Houston. Right. I think Chase Parham wrote a story about the kid enjoying playing close to home. So I don't know. I mean, he's a good player. Ole Miss probably could have used him at some point. I know Servidio's pretty good, and they're kind of set in the middle infield right now. But they they certainly could have used him in seven. Oh, he would play. Yeah, he's a, he's a good player. But anyway, um, so yeah, so they almost gets two on, uh, and then Keenan, I believe, drew a walk. Right, um, that was the out of the inning. Yeah, it was that that really kind of kept them going. Keenan's really struggled. He had a strikeout in the eighth or the ninth, and and looked fairly frustrated walking back to the dugout. It's been kind of a struggle to him. And then Dillard steps up to the plate. Ole Miss was 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position at that point. Dillard was 3 for his last 3, 23. He's been not good from the right side of the plate this year. Overcame all that, just missed a 1-0 fastball that probably would have ended the game if he'd barreled it up um, into the seats. He was kind of he had a ridiculous recoil after he swung. He was fairly frustrated. He missed that and then got another fastball in a full count, hit it up the middle off the left side of the mound, and Ole Miss kind of, I don't want to say stole a win, but like that, no, like there weren't very many points in the game where I was like, well, there wasn't really any point in the game where I was like, oh, Ole Miss is going to win the game. <laughs> well, I kind of thought they would win after uh, Crazy got them out in the uh, ninth and tenth innings, but yeah, other than that, it was, uh, it was, <laughs> they kind of had to battle all night. They kind of just like, like the old saying, they just kept coming, and uh, you know, it's a credit to them, especially after losing what five of their last six. And kind of getting dominated by Doc Sackis for seven innings. I mean, it was it was a it was a real credit to them to to kind of fight back there, and they put themselves in a situation where they probably should win a series at this point. Yeah, so they're they're, they're yeah, that's I mean that's a, I guess a pretty good way to put it. Um, I mean, yeah, so 
I mean, that would have been six out of seven losses that would have been ten and nine in the SEC. Yeah, four out of five SEC losses, I guess, or three Uh, out of four out of six. Five out of six. Five out of six. Didn't they get to? So they got to eight and four, right? At one point. No, maybe. Let's see. They played. Uh, their first four series were Alabama two and one, Missouri three and three, five. Yes, they were eight and four. So yeah, so I guess four out of six. So I mean, semantics, whatever. The team was yeah. sliding. They haven't played good baseball. Um, but now you kind of look up and they're they're eleven and eight. And like for as much as the skies felt like it's falling, I, I know the schedule is not really relenting. But you got a really banged up LSU club next weekend, and I'm not like gifting them a series win here. But I'm just talking about where you sit right now. You're eleven and eight. You're a game and a half out of first place in the West. Like for a team who, who kind of it, it seemed as if the sky was falling, they're still in pretty good shape. They need to win tonight or tomorrow. They if they can win one more this weekend, they're fine. Um, because while you know, look, eighteen probably locks up a host site. Seventeen gives you a real shot. Um, so th- this weekend, I kind of said this for the weekend. This weekend's kind of going to dictate the conversation going forward. If this team loses two other games, it's going to be simply do they get into the postseason? If they win one more game, you kind of have start having a different discussion about you know can they get back into the hosting di- discussion? Because wins over A and M are really going to help you. Wins over LSU on the road are really going to help you. So I, I just kind of think that how this the rest of this weekend goes is kind of going to you know point the conversation about how this team is. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. This is where the kind of the rubber begins to meet the road for the team. Kind of the last week to quote unquote figure it out was probably last weekend. I mean, maybe I'll give them this weekend though, since you know, I, look, they're facing for the third weekend in a row. They're going to face at least two left-handed starters. I think they're going to face three. I think Joe's looks going on Saturday. Um, so if you find a way to win this series when, when you kind of uh, in a game, in a series that you're not really a good matchup for, um, it kind of does, it, it really helps you out going forward, considering, uh, you're not going to face a ton of lefties going forward. And this team as weird as it is, it hits right-handed pitching. It doesn't matter who's throwing with the right hand. Tanner Burns got out there and Ole Miss kind of, kind of lit him up. If they're throwing with their right hand, Ole Miss has got a real shot to beat you. And after this weekend, it's a, it's pretty righty heavy. Yeah, and it's not even – well, I, I don't want to say it's not that because I would agree with that. But it's it's almost it's, – it's everyone else except the elite pitching. I mean, their last two SEC wins have come in games where Tanner Burns and John Sackis have started. And they actually fared – if in terms of how they face lefties, they actually fared fairly well against Kentucky's Zach Thompson. Like they fared much yeah, worse against the little soft-tossing lefty – softer-tossing lefty that they threw in the first part of the doubleheader before it. I mean, they weren't great against Thompson, but they were definitely better against him than whatever kid they threw before him in, in the first seven-inning game against Kentucky. So It feels like they're grinding out of, at bats more against lefties now, whereas you know a few weeks ago they were just getting it shoved. It feels like they're drawing more walks. They're kind of drawing out pitch counts a little bit better more so than, the, than they were at the beginning of the SEC season. Yeah, and so you got Doug Nikhazy on Friday um, against – Asa Lacey, um, both teams are TBA on Sunday. I, I don't really know what Ole Miss is going to do. Um, who who Do you know who got loose last night? Because that will tell you who's not going. Tyler Myers got loose last night and Austin not Miller. Going, Tyler, uh, Austin Miller got loose and was going to come in in the 12th. Um, yeah. So that makes me think that uh, – I know Crazy threw 52 pitches last night, but that makes me think he's not done for the weekend, as crazy as that sounds. Because yeah, I mean, Mike acted as if um, – he was like, look, if that game, like, no matter what, the next inning, like, crazy was done. 
And like 52 pitches seems like a lot, but if you're going to set that hard of a deadline after three innings when he's already burned, well, it sounds like you were you were planning on bringing him back at some point. He threw 50 last weekend and he brought him back. So um, to each their own there. But, you know, I, I, I don't know what Ole Miss will do on Saturday. It probably depends on what they have to do to, to tonight. Um, you know, I don't think Gunnar Hogland is an option at this point. I, I really don't. I don't think you can run him out there if we're just kind of discussing what we think they're going to do on Saturday. I think it's Zach Phillips. I think they're going to get what they can get out of him on three days rest. Yeah, he threw 86 pitches it, on Tuesday night. And maybe today is a precursor for that and how uh, Texas A&M does against the left-handed pitcher, too. Um, yeah, that's probably part of it, but man, that's, I mean, I guess if you can get a couple innings out of Phillips then fine. And then he kind of gets a longer rest, um, yeah. next weekend, not have any throw till Sunday, but that's, that's still a fairly tall ask for a kid that's still just kind of figuring it out mechanics wise. Sure. I mean, it, it is, but you know, I don't think he threw, but 75 ish or so pitches down there in Pearl. I mean, three days is, it's He's not 86, 86. I mean, I, it's not plenty of rest, but I think you could get three or four innings out of him and not, you know, compromise him too. Yeah. So that'll be kind of an interesting situation to monitor going forward. So Ole Miss back at it on Friday or on tonight. I, I should say, uh, Doug Nikhazy on the mound. Um, elsewhere in the sports world, you had the NFL draft, um, which is surprise. I mean, there were some surprises on from really multiple standpoints in terms of the state of Mississippi. So. I guess we'll start with kind of the old Miss slant. Uh, no wide receivers drafted. DK Metcalf nor AJ Brown drafted. I was a little surprised. Metcalf slipped out of the first round, but not for not like completely stunned. I guess. Yeah, it was. I think everybody kind of expected that DK would get drafted in the first round because they thought more receivers would get drafted in the first round, uh, and only two get picked. So you know when that happens, I think DK was probably third on most people's boards. Um, he'll get drafted fairly early tonight, I would assume, and and that's kind of just what happened. There just wasn't a big need for receivers this year. Yeah, I mean that kind of sucks that to go to the draft and then like you know. Yeah, not get picked. Bring two suits. Yeah, yeah, that are yeah, <laughs> um, that that does suck. I, I mean, I hate it for DK. Uh, obviously, he was expecting to get drafted last night, and for whatever reason, it didn't happen. But you know, I I think him and and Little and AJ will be off the board uh, fairly quickly once tonight starts. I mean, it's the it's the lateral quickness, is it not that that, that yeah. killed him? Because like, I mean, his his cone or shuttle or whatever they call the 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 drills to test lateral quickness compared more to Tom Brady, which does not seem good. And I was listening <laughs> to a draft podcast earlier this week, and 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 Todd McShay was like, "Look, he's a one trick pony, but like the trick is really good, and you pretty much <laughs> just throw it deep and let him go get it." But you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, this is not breaking any news, but they were not helped out by uh, Mr. Longo um, in that in that offense. Yeah. You think Matt Luke, like wanted to send him a text message yesterday after he realized his kids didn't get drafted and be like, thanks, boss? Because um, I would have. I don't think Matt Luke necessarily thinks that way, but yes, I, I definitely would have if I were Matt Luke, I guess, if that's what you if that's how you want to phrase the question. Um Maybe send him a nice recruiting graphic, I mean, uh, a statistic graphic, because uh, people have been known to be sending those around. Um, not going to name names, but, uh, you know, one that says zero first-round picks. You implying that maybe maybe an offensive coordinator keeps them in their briefcase? No, I don't know. I don't really know. I, I'm not saying any names. I'm just uh -huh. saying it's, it's graphic season. Um, yeah, so 
to, I mean, I guess for, for, for Metcalf, you know, you hate it for the kids. Disappointing. You go to the draft, you get all dressed up, supposed to be kind of the greatest night of your life. And then like, I guess he'll have two greatest nights. I don't really know how that works, but yeah, he'll, he'll certainly get drafted, uh, probably tonight as will AJ Brown. It'll be interesting to see if Dawson Knox goes. Um, so yeah, some, some interesting stuff to look for day two on the other side, Mississippi state had three first round draft picks. Really? The story was, I thought one, I was surprised at how far Montez sweat dropped. If you, I would have not bet anything that Montez sweat was drafted after Jeffrey Simmons. Um, but Jeffrey yeah. Simmons goes to the Titans at what pick was that? 16? Was, that 19, was it six? 19? I think 19, 19. Okay. Um, and then obviously what happened after that, uh, so I obviously as a, someone that roots for the Titans, they need immediate help on the defensive line, but they actually don't really mind them with this pick because if Simmons is anything like what he was, obviously in, in college, uh, he is going to be a beast. Um, and so while they could use help immediately there, I don't really mind it because I actually think, uh, I actually think there were a couple of, of, of of edge guys that probably were drafted that may not exactly may not have been as good as Simmons were. And so if you can get him there, I don't necessarily mind it, but obviously the real story is what happened after. And I don't know how much you watched the draft. I was watching bits and pieces through the baseball game, but obviously ESPN shows the video of, of him, uh, you know, his, his incident in high school from, from, you know, basically, I mean, he was beating the woman on the ground. I mean, we don't really have to rehash that, but they show the video and like that kind of sparked some controversy of uh, Trey Wingo looked wildly uncomfortable um, yeah. trying to explain the context of that afterward. Um, I don't necessarily know where I fall on this yet. Like I, I get like, I mean, the video is part of his story. I get it just exactly. is. And if you're going to yeah. tell the full story, that's fine. But judging from the, the, the <laughs> judging from the like, sporadic looking up at the TV, looking back down at the game type of coverage. I'm not sure ESPN did well enough. Like they spent so much time analyzing the video and not enough putting context in it and kind of showing what he's done afterwards. So I guess not, I don't necessarily mind them on the surface showing the video, but I don't think what, how they handled it afterward was particularly appropriate or fair to the kid. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of completely with you. Um, I, I, I disagree with anyone that says the video should not have been shown last night and, and, all this that that let the kid have his moment. We even let the kid I'll have hear his the ar- I'll hear that argument at least. Like I, I don't necessarily mind. Like like I, I think it's part of the story. But if if like NFL Network didn't show it, so I'll hear that. But go, yeah, go ahead. I, I just I mean I don't I, I I was not bothered that the video was shown. I, I was a little bit bothered that they made it all about that during that kid's moment. You don't send a, a camera crew to Starkville and then not show the kid get excited over over a life changing uh, moment in his life. Like I, I I think ESPN on the surface handled it pretty horribly. Um, again, I didn't mind the video being shown and I didn't mind some analyzation over it. I did mind that you made 10 minutes of it. And that was all that you talked about during that. Um, you know, so that, that's kind of where I stood. I, I didn't, I, yes, it's part of the story. And yes, you're going, I, I think it's fair to discuss that. I, I don't think it's fair to make all 10 minutes in between the pick about that. Yeah. So apparently they were just like analyzing the video and breaking down like what happened. I mean, I, that doesn't seem. Yeah, I, I didn't watch. Wa- and, and, and in fairness, I watched none of this. This is based off Twitter. Yeah, and so I, I watched bits and pieces, and like, I don't know. I mean, it's a touchy situation, and like, I I don't I don't know Jeffrey Simmons. Haven't covered Jeffrey Simmons, but by all accounts, he's been a fairly like he's been a, a 
Well, he's a good it's a kid. cliche, but yeah, stand up dude. Since outside, made outside of a hor- horrific incident and a, a terrible decision, he's been a good kid. Yeah, so I just I, I don't necessarily fault him for doing, but if you're ESPN, you got to probably be smarter with with kind of the way you do it and the way you show in like the context you bring, um, kind of with it afterward. And so, yeah, I I don't I don't know. It's a complicated deal. I hate it for Simmons because you know it was three years ago. He was. 17 18 years old like for that to keep haunting him but this is probably it with regards to that i mean you're probably never going to hear about that video ever again you wouldn't think no um, i mean there'll be some aftermath stuff in nashville today and other than that you'll unless something happens again god forbid um and then the titans have a lot of questions to answer if something happens again yeah and i i don't think i was telling chase this last night i actually thought it was a fairly uh I thought if there was an organization that was going to do it, it's to, like, you got John Robinson, who's an assist, ex-assistant GM with the Patriots, and, of course, Mike Vrabel, the head coach, ex-Belichick guy. And from what I read, right. they handled that head-on. I mean, like, those are two guys that I guess would know how to handle that situation, obviously, kind of, and I guess foster an environment to where that's like kind of like a no-nonsense, like, you know, there is no second strike type of deal, like, you're done. Uh, not that you've really had to worry about that with Simmons right. at all, but like if, if there's a, a group that knows how to handle that well, I think it's them. Um, I was surprised that the Titans kind of behaved like a normal NFL franchise and drafted okay. Unlike the Giants. Um, yeah, so I guess that's that's the other part of this. Um, so, yeah, so Daniel Jones is the sixth pick in the NFL draft. I, uh, that was I a pick nothing. that you could make. That, that was... That was that was certainly a pick that uh, Dave Gettleman could make was was to take Daniel Jones at six. That was a thing he could do. Um, don't don't worry about the fact that he would have been there at seventeen for you to take him then. Good. Who's God, taking? He could, I mean, I could make an argument that he's there in the second round. Who else was interested in that guy? Why not just if you're going to take a quarterback, like take. You know, a good one. You could take Dwayne like the Haskins. most accurate kid in the draft, Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, even if I'd you don't take like Drew Dwayne. Locke over Daniel Jones. Yes. I don't really like Drew Locke that much. Yeah, I don't either. But I don't. Good God, did they just think that? I guess maybe they got confused and thought that you know because he was coached by Cutcliffe, he was going to be as good as Eli was for fifteen years. I mean, Barstow jokes about the Manning family kind of being like a undercover football mafia family and i'm starting to think there's a little bit of truth to that because i'm pretty sure they made this happen i mean the only connection that is is this kid was coached by cutcliffe and so were archie and arch i mean not archie excuse me, peyton and eli God, no. i mean that's yeah. that's 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 it i mean yeah that and the kid's tall and uh he throws with his right arm yeah yeah uh, he's got big hands yeah um, yeah he's white that's about it that's yeah six five like i that's that's uh when i comparing elon him that's that's about all i got um so maybe elon just wanted him drafted because he knew he was gonna bust so it gives eli about three or four more years yeah i mean at this rate you're gonna feel like he's gonna play till he's 40 <laughs> he's gonna have to because this kid's terrible <laughs> no and, and it sucks for the kid like it's not dangerous. yeah you hate that because he's i mean he, i'm sure he was ecstatic but he i mean he's I assume he's fairly self-aware. I'm sure he has the internet. Like he went I, to sure Duke. He he's smart. He knows the reaction. Yeah, I mean, and you're walking into the biggest media market in the country, and the, all the fans already hate you. Uh, he's got to earn his money, to put it lightly. Yeah, and if there's one bright side, he's not going to play immediately. Like, no, I mean, I know no. that's a small bright side, but man, I mean, there's been six overall picks that have been asked to play 
If not well, from day one, three, four, five games. Haskins in. is going to play from day one in in Washington. Is he though? Who's who's playing ahead of him? I mean, they 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 gave that. I mean, they didn't give a ton of money, but they gave a what nine to twelve million dollar range to Case Keenum. Like, oh, they did. They did. I forgot about that. Wow. Okay. But Fair to your point. Fair enough. I but to your point, after they signed Keenum, uh, Richard pointed this out on the show. Just there was like a Washington Post report or something that wasn't even guaranteeing that Keenum would be the starter. This is before they drafted Haskins. Like they they were leave, they were leaving the door open for Colt McCoy. So oh. I don't really uh, still a thing. Yeah, I don't really get what's going on on there. That's obviously not a, exactly a stable Man, franchise. Do you but, think? The Cowboys and, and Eagles just sit back and laugh as the Redskins and, and the Giants run their organization. Yes, but like the Cowboys until the last, I'll give them credit, I would say the last like seven, eight, nine years have been pretty pretty shrewdly run. But before that, they were kind of part of it. They were kind of like, you know, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> Fair enough. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a cool story for Haskins because what he grew up like 45 minutes away right. from there. Kind of the hometown kid. Um, I think he's going to end up being a good player, even if Stephen A. Smith said he's more of a runner than a thrower. When um, he ran like though, twice. Yeah, he is literally the most quintessential pocket what, passer you'll what, ever find and the most like, the, immobile what, guy in this draft. What was the tweet from one of his uh, teammates? It was like, if Dwayne's slow ass actually ran, we'd have been in trouble. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean the kid like can run. Like he's 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 like I mean like there's enough tape to like show, but like to say the kid's a more of a runner than a thrower, just, no. just proving you don't watch. You didn't watch football. Like you didn't watch Ohio State. And like I love it when those hot take artists get exposed because I think Stephen A. Smith talks about sports for twelve hours a day, so he can't actually watch any. And then like, <laughs> but it's hilarious when they get exposed on stuff like that. They just double down. He's like, "That's just my opinion." It's like, no, it's not. Like, you, there's no way you <laughs> yeah. can watch anything. Oh, that- that's my favorite. It's like, well, we'll just agree to disagree. No, you're wrong. Like, yeah, you're wrong. Like that, you can have an opinion and wrong, and that is that is wrong. And so, yeah, uh, I uh, that maybe Hunter Henry will not. It was yeah, it was Hunter Henry. Maybe he'll help out, help out the Chargers this year when he actually plays. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hunter Henry against the God. What I forget who he said it was. Uh, it was, it was uh, against the Chiefs. It was against the Chiefs, but the guy he said, I'm looking for the matchup against Hunter Henry and blank for the Chiefs. The guy for the Chiefs that he said the defender is no lo- was no longer in the NFL. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's tough. Um, I didn't really – there weren't really that many more surprises in the draft. I really was surprised at how far Montez Sweat dropped. Uh, cause I think that heart condition it, got him. Yeah, but they, they, they misdiagnosed it supposedly. They did. They did, but I, I'm sure teams had already kind of filled out their boards without it. You know, it came out yesterday that they misdiagnosed it. Yeah, that that is that is a good point. So that was really kind of the only other thing that really shocked me there. Um, you know, and this is someone that kind of half heartedly watched the draft. Obviously, Kyler Murray happened. Are you um, a big draft guy? I like the draft. Um, I, I've had to work like the last four years on the draft, so like my like consumption of it has been greatly decreased i don't go nuts over the draft i do find it interesting to see like where all these kids go because it's not like like i watch a lot of college basketball for, like for most people the nba draft like for like 70 percent of the kids they try to act like they know who these kids are but they don't really but like football there's so much more exposure that yeah. you kind of know at least a little bit about some of these kids so seeing where they all fit in with different nfl teams is is fascinating to me so like i'm not like a draft like junkie but i i do enjoy it like i like the nfl i like seeing where these kids go i think uh, i would I think enjoy it more cool. if i had a team 
I, I, I got to find me an NFL team. There's room on the Titans bandwagon. Man, I can't. I can't really adopt anywhere like close to here, though. That's kind of the thing that I've that I've met because I, I don't want the Saints or the Titans or the Falcons. I got to find. God knows the Cowboys. Um, I don't know. I'll find out somebody. So, yeah, I mean, that's. I don't know. Was there any other shocking news out of the draft last night? I, uh, I no. Uh, the kid from Clemson got picked fairly high. Uh, Farrell was it Farrell? Yeah, the people were really upset about that. That was like yeah. a big, big internet. Yeah, the Raiders continue to do Raider things. Well, I think it's just the fact the kid is a good player, but I think it's still the fact that just Josh Allen was still there and they didn't yeah. draft him. <laughs> like, did y'all watch Josh Allen play football this year? Yeah, and so that's a pretty good steal for the Redskins there. I not the Redskins, excuse me, the Jaguars at seven. Yeah. That defense gets better. Um, I'm kind of going through these draft picks. Uh, Ed Oliver, if he's used the right way, slipping to number nine to the Bills is actually yeah, probably a fairly night. sneaky good pick. They said last night he was extremely misused at, at Houston. I didn't know exactly what they meant, but they were saying he was the most misused player in the draft, uh, which I would argue was wrong. DK Metcalf and AJ Brown were, but that's another story. Yeah, um, and then the Giants after they make the ridiculous pick. At, at at six at seventeen they get Dexter Lawrence, which is a perfectly pretty justifiable good. and fine pick. And then Baker, the cornerback out of Georgia, is also pretty good at thirty. So like, they, two out of three is not bad, right? I mean, yeah, but like, I just <laughs> I'm kidding. The first one's so bad, it's like, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Giants fans are not going to be happy with you know two good picks and an absolute abomination. Yeah, that that is a good way to describe it. Um, not much else happening else. I mean, not much going on elsewhere in the sports world. The Spurs beat the Nuggets game uh, seven to send that to a game seven. I think the Nuggets will finish that off, but they're really not doing themselves any favor. Kind of a a limping Spurs team that they're taking to seven games when Golden they're going to get going to six games is hilarious. Yeah, they just they're just not interested. That so uh, yeah, I guess that that happened Wednesday night. The Clippers beat them. <laughs> For the second I'll time in the Oracle Arena. Uh, game six is, I would imagine that is tonight. Um, <laughs> yes, that is tonight. Six. Yeah. No I, 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 that team's losing to Houston. I, I mean, if, look, if you're going to beat the Warriors, we said this before, if you're going to beat the Warriors, is the most vulnerable. You're going to catch them. They're not interested. I mean, God forbid, like, like it's probably a different story if, if, Clippers had won a game. Like it's probably a different story on Wednesday night if the Clippers had won a game in LA. But man, if like they had slipped up and let the Clippers win a home game, this is a closeout game for the Clippers right now. <laughs> and I mean, the Clippers are force could force a game seven. And look, all bets are off in a game seven. Yeah, that is true. I mean, you could have Lou Williams go nuts for fifty again, and there's not a whole lot you could do. I think the Warriors will probably kind of get it because I mean they they can flip a switch and that 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 the Clippers just simply cannot you know, stay in the same breath with like that. They're, they're able to do that. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, but it's weird. It's weird. Like that was, a that was kind of a mystifying loss, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just proof that if, if you do catch, catch them in the right spot, I mean, this is, this is as vulnerable as they're going to be. So that, that second round series should be really fascinating. Assuming the Warriors get there, I'm assuming they will, but you know, I thought the series was going to end Wednesday night. I was talking to somebody about this. Are the Warriors better next year when they don't hate each other? 
I'm not sure if they don't like. I'm not sure if like they necessarily hate each other right now, but I think it's just a lot of personalities that's probably like kind of rubbed each other the wrong way. And so, I mean, they'll be it'll be a refresh. I mean, they won 73 games without Kevin Durant. Right. I mean, they were they were the winningest team ever without Kevin Durant. And so, like, are they better? I don't know. Like, talent wise, obviously, it'd probably be hard to make that argument. Like the way they play as a team. Certainly possible because I mean you're I mean that's a pretty ball dominant piece in Durant, um, so I mean they're I mean they, they even if they lose Durant like they're they're going to lose the second best player in the world if not the best player in the world and probably not fall back very much if at all like they're still probably going to be one of the favorites in the West. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know I, I do think Draymond and KD hate each other. I think they absolutely despise each other at this point though. I think that. I mean, so it's weird because Draymond is the most expendable piece on that team. Like they Absolutely. could, there's six or seven guys that could do his job, and he's going to be the one to kind of blow this up. <laughs> like Which that's is just kind of funny. Yeah, it's just like come on. Um, but the, but the weird part about it is, is, is Draymond was the one that got all of them to fly to the Hamptons to get Durant there. Like, yeah. He recruited all of them. Like he kind of, this is kind of again. That's why I think like they. That's where some of the issues arrive. I think that Draymond feels like this is like his baby essentially, and like this is kind of what he kind of formed. But at the same time, like on the court wise, like it doesn't really back it up. No, no. and I say that, and they'll probably win the NBA title for the fourth time in five years. Yeah, but, but if um, you're asking me who's going to win it, I'm still picking Golden State. But it's still for the first time. Like I'm not going into that Rocket series being like, uh. Maybe the Rockets have a chance. It's like, okay, Golden State better kind of like. You know. I'm interested what that series line is going to be. Um, It'll be inflated because the Warriors, but still. Yeah, but like Vegas really liked the Rockets last year. At one point, the the Rockets for a lot of last year, particularly late in the season, were the favorites to win the title, betting favorites. Really? Yeah, I mean, and if you think about it, it Chris, I mean, we talked about it before, but Chris Paul doesn't get hurt in that game five. The Rockets probably win. Yeah, and probably do win the title. Yeah. Oh, they fair. would have, they would have crushed that the that Cleveland, Cleveland team. Yeah. yeah, whoever was winning that Western Conference Finals is winning the title. Um so yeah, and then like but I don't know I don't know if that's necessarily the case this year because I think Milwaukee's probably legit. Yo, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like that don't for the first time in a while like I mean it's kind of been like whoever gets through the West can you beat LeBron James and like his shorthanded bunch of of whatever Misfits. he has in Cleveland, yeah, and now it's kind of like oh, I don't really know, like, like I don't know which conference is going to win it. I don't know who it is. Like, if you told me, I don't really still buy Boston, but if you told me like Toronto, Milwaukee, or Philly got to the finals, I, I, I can buy the end of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think all three of those could, frankly, win it too. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. So, be an interesting weekend. We'll kind of know all the second round matchups. The second round is. I think going to start on some level on Saturday. I think you yeah. have Raptors Sixers on Saturday, and you have a Game Seven. So, pretty good sports watching weekend. That's about all I got. We'll uh, we'll obviously have more on Monday draft reaction as Ole Miss players get picked, baseball reaction, some other stuff. You got anything else? That's about it. All right. Well, for Brian Scott Rippey, I'm for Colin Brister. I'm Brian Scott Rippey. We appreciate you listening to this edition of the Rebel Report, and we'll be back at it on Monday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.